Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about how <clears throat> there has been certain uh, emergencies across you know, the times regarding to how to present the message and how to make certain adjustments according to the necessity of the time, for example, what Buddha adapted, Tankar adapted, and Mahaprabhu even by accepting sannyas from uh, Kesha Bharati. So my question would be, we can say that was an emergency, if you will, opportunity uh, strategy, whatever. <laughs> so which is, uh, what do you consider that in the present moment is like the emergency of the present moment regarding how to spread the message and, and which maybe things to adapt, which to preserve, whatever, mm-hmm. in order to successfully deliver the, the teaching. Mm-hmm. One thing uh, I would like to say in response is that it's true that we see the Buddha's and Shankar's presentation in light of our own and and um, see them as uh, necessities of the time, if you will, um, or as uh, speakers at the main event before the main event is come on stage. But... Uh, that's our, of course, perspective. They wouldn't agree with that. <laughs> so that's uh, somewhat, uh, as a side, important to, to note. Uh, they have their own perspective on their own teachers and so on. But it's true that over time and circumstance, the, the teaching of any um, tradition and a spiritual tradition like ours um, will... Uh, different... Uh, Strategies will be employed for the for its uh, dissemination. And you cite Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. His acceptance of the order of sannyas was a strategy uh, for the sake of uh, uh, widely uh, giving his his gift to the world. And we're certainly grateful for that. So your question is, what's the strategy for today, or what kind of innovations uh, may be um, required? And um, in one sense, I think that again, in the words as I've cited uh, at other times, uh, the conception of Interfacing uh, with the uh, with modernity, Gaudiya Vaishnavism with the modern world came within Bhakti Vinod. We could say it came within Bhakti Vinod, and certainly it did, but it also was unavoidable in a sense. Um, then again, not, perhaps not unavoidable. There were other Gaudiya Vaishnavas in the time under the British rule in India that uh, were not I- engaging with the. Uh, uh, with the British and with the, uh, uh, let's say, Western world or the modern world, as it's thought, uh, 
uh, its its insights. So um, it, the idea, the, the, the courage, the insight, the realization, the depth of his own realization, Bhakti Vinod's, to uh, be able to do that in, in one sense is uh, is something to take a note of. Again, he was in his own time. Uh, Glorified uh, uh, as the and uh, uh, said to have been the, the, the seventh Goswami. The six Goswamis are the the the, the, the kind of founding uh, acharyas of the sampradaya who wrote the core texts, who interpreted the Bhagavatam, the Gita, and so forth. In in in, in what. Uh, Constitutes into what constitutes Gaudiya Vaishnava, its particular perspective on the sacred texts of the East, and um, they gave some structure all in the direction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the to the sampradaya, to the lineage, some form and the substance of the teaching, and so on and so forth. And uh, some five hundred years later, we find Bhaktivinoda Thakur doing that. Now, for them to do that. They obviously had to have a real deep understanding of the tradition to give it shape. If you don't know what it is, how can you give shape to it, right? So they're understood to be eternal associates of Krishna, and uh, and uh, uh, as far as the gift of gore, they are themselves uh, coming from that land. Of praying, of that uh, that Gore's gift is to take us to, and they are um, coming to this world in practitioner's body from their uh, serving forms, their spiritual forms in the Krishna Leela as the handmaidens of, of Radha. So uh, that emphasis, if you will, on their inner reality and their their eternal history if you will, uh, should not be lost on those who think about preaching and disseminating and distributing the gift of gore. They had the gift of gore. They had, that is to say, largely what gore himself was trying to get. But what was their position? Krishna wanted to taste uh, Radha's uh, himself from Radha's perspective, from her vantage point. So it was not his, but it was very much Rupa Manjari's. Although he's not Radha, the handmaidens of Radha are so attached to her in service. It's a peculiar form of, of, of romantic love of Madhurya Rasa because it is a mood of service to Radha to assist her in her romantic affairs with Krishna. And vicariously, if you will, um, or indirectly, then to experience what Radha experiences by way of such an acute and intense identification with Radha. So the more you're identified with someone, the more their happiness and, and distress and so forth becomes your own. So... They had a deep insight into an experience of that which Krishna himself did not have. 
and came to the world to uh, in pursuit of. And they became the main architects of the of the lineage f- formed for the distribution of that um, ideal, the circulation of it. Um, and, and so the point I'm emphasizing here is that to, to, to give and to give widely or to give really um, in a way, such a way as to, as to, as to change one's, one's heart requires some standing in that which one seeks to give. So, um, when Bhaktivinoda Thakur was referred to as the seventh Goswami, it's a strong statement. It was a statement by a devotee who was uh, as much as 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 much as uh, a, a religious person, let us say, with with appreciation for Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and and likely a Gaudiya himself uh, employed as a journalist, I believe. I forget his name, but he he. he Wrote in in praise of Bhakti Vinod and referred to him as the seventh Goswami. So hundreds of years later, his work was analogous to that of the six Goswamis. He wrote hundred books, including his songs and so forth. And um, uh, just as the Goswamis revealed, if we will, or brought to light the spiritual truths of Vrindavan that had been lost by time, he brought to light the spiritual truths of, of Navadvip, Nadia, the place of Gore, which is the lotus within the lotus of Vrindavan, which is Gore is within, Gore Leela is within Krishna Leela. So his, uh, there are other ways in which we can make that comparison, but it's an, it's an apt uh, comparison. Uh, and, well, one of those ways being that he... he interfaced with the ruling class, if you will, which was no longer the Hindu monarchs, that the Gaudias um, interfaced with Hindu monarchs and the Muslim, whatever they're called, um, leaders, kings, mobile rulers, Muslim kings. Um, They also interacted with them. The uh, architectural design to the Radha Govinda temple in Vrindavan, which is the center, esoterically speaking, the, the center, the yoga pit, the center from which in Vrindavan the Leelas expand from, if you will, um, was the hub around which the, the, uh, the devotees of the time orbited. And that temple, huge stone structure, I mean, it's very, very big. Some of you have been there and, and, and had the opportunity to experience it, but a, a real a monument to uh, Radha and Govinda. And the uh, architectural uh, design sensibilities were a mixing of Hindu and Mughal influences. It's almost a statement in architecture of Rupa Goswami um, as to the um, desirability of identifying essentially spiritually um, such that the that the 
uh, differences, which are often superficial, are um, seen as as such. So, there are mystics in the uh, in the Islamic tradition. For example, um, we have our mystics, and uh, um, and so anyway. Besides that, I mean, he was Rupa Goswami. The Goswamis they were uh, interacting with the and getting the patronage of the ruling class. So they were really talking. Um, they were would have been like talking heads on TV at the time about whatever was going on. Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, they're characterized like this in some of the Gaudiya uh, literature, remembering them, how they lived in Vrindavan, and other than their esoteric and internal absorption in Krishna Leela, how they were available to the common people to answer common questions and settle common disputes amongst people. After all, they had been employed, been employed themselves in the uh, in in the uh, um, mogul uh, 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 government rule in Bengal. They're very wise, astute, uh, um, also from a practical and political uh, point of view. Point being that they were interfacing with the world seriously and getting the patronage of the ruling class who gave the funds for manifesting their spiritual sensibilities that uh, were derived from the order of Mahaprabhu had been given to them to excavate the places of Krishna's pastime. So here's the yoga pit. There should be a temple here, a grand temple. Imagine that, I mean, they had no money. <laughs> they were mendicants how much money and manpower it took to build that temple. And that's only one of the original, what, seven principal temples. And, and after there, there's the, there's some, it used to be said 5,000 temples. There's probably many more than that now uh, in, in a small village. So, and, and, and at the time that Mahaprabhu went to Vrindavan, much of the, the 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 location, if you will, of the Lilastalis, the place of Krishna's pastime, had been lost. He saw a small pond and identified it as Radhakund, another as Shamkund, celebrated it by bathing there, and eventually, under the uh, influence of the Goswamis, a huge monument and was erected there and established, and still today it's being... Um, Beautified and kept up, and so on and so forth. So, the, they were the uh, beginning of all of this, and they, as I say, the power, the depth of their own uh, standing in the tradition, gave them the power to interface with the ruling party and get their patronage. Hmm? And as centuries went on and so forth, the the tradition. Uh, in in essence, stepped more into the background, hmm? and uh, w- was not at the time of Bhakti Vinod interfacing with the with the leading ruling uh, party of Britain, which is a, of course another a, a, a influence. It's even further. 
West than, than, than the Middle East, <laughs> if you will. Um, but they were not either interfacing with pious, educated Hindus in Bengal, the hometown of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Um, so it, it was a hidden kind of secret or not arguably very prominently manifest in, in, in anyone who was up to the challenge by depth of their own standing in their tradition to interface with a whole other world view, which was, which was the dominant world view, which the ruling world view, and to do so um, successfully in form of uh, uh, giving birth to a, to a face, if you will, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that subsequently in the, in the Paribara Bhakti Vinoda has been taken all over the, the world and, uh, and um, has uh, influenced far and beyond India. Uh, so the, the, the realization of Bhakti Vinod is a very important point to consider. And so in answer to your question, Bhakti Vinod, the idea came in him, as Pujapatrita Marsh said, to interface with modernity. He wrote to Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, Ralph Waldo Emerson, was his name, others. Um, they were called the first American transcendentalists. They were men of, of, of literature who had uh, some, some appreciation for the Gita, for the Upanishads, for the wisdom of the West, what little of it they, 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 they knew. So there was no... There was no internet at the time to figure out, oh, Emerson's reading the Gita, maybe I should write him a letter. So somehow, I mean, it's hard to imagine, comparatively to our times, when the world is so interconnected through things like the internet, how Bhaktivinoda Notakar even knew that Emerson and Thoreau were transcendentally inclined. I guess he was able to get you know, their book somehow in Bengal, um, from the British, and uh, and he read it. <laughs> he read it. Uh, you know, more than one of them, hmm? uh, we would assume, and wrote to them and tried to forge a, a relationship uh, with the with the American transcendentalists and and bring to their attention Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and so forth. Um, so he was a flexible person, and. Uh, with deep standing in his own tradition, he could be flexible in form and shape and take measures, uh, adjust things, e- invoke uh, strategies and so forth that might be, uh, are likely beyond the capacity of many devotees to do. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, of course, he brought energy to all the Gaudiya sects and so forth. So they all owe some tribute, some appreciation, really, to, uh, in, in, in this time, to uh, to Bhaktivedanta Thakur, hmm? and and, um, and I want to say that his way, also his method, if you will, his emphasis on kirtan was taken up by Bhakti Saraswati Thakur. Um, 
arose uh, out of his uh, his inner realization. He had the inner realization, and, and, and then and then expressed it in kirtan. That kind of kirtan has the power to bring that realization within ourselves. That's where it comes from. Hmm? This is the point I'm making. It's coming from the depth of his realization. And so following that current is a good idea. So the idea, again, came in the conception, the courage to do this, the the broad and at the same time deep spiritual sensibilities of, of Bhakti Vinod. And that was given shape, as Pujapachita Marsh would like to say, through... Uh, in the hands of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, the, the successor of uh, Bhakti Vinod. Hmm. And Sridharmarsh went on to say, of course, that Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Gurumarsh took it all over the world. So the idea came in Bhakti Vinod, was given some shape by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, established a mission with missionaries, and started looking to the West, and if they're going to come here, we're going to go there, was this kind of idea. And then uh, uh, Maghreb became the prominent um, missionary, if you will, and, uh, and, and took it around the world. So there, we, here we are with today, in one sense, but not, then, to be complete, without emphasizing more than by quoting he who kind of drew this picture, Pujapatrida Marsh, the conception came in Bhakti Vedod, given shape by Bhakti Siddhanta. Bhakti Vedanta Prabhupada took it around the world. And who's he who's saying that also? Right? Hmm? Who's that kind of afterthought to this huge uh, wave of dissemination on the part of uh, Guru Marsh? It's a wide uh, circulation of the basic ideas of Gaudiya Vaishnava in the form of translations and commentaries, uh, following the, the tradition of, of, of commentary for hundreds of years in a new language, in the, in the language of the world uh, at the time, as it is today, I guess, uh, English language is, is thought of as, as such. Um, and so who is he? And what was his contribution kind of very much... Uh, corresponding with his nature to remain in the background, not to be in the limelight in any way, and to, to pass praise on to others, such a person as so worthy of our praise and attention. And his focus uh, to us in the Bhaktivinoda Paribar with regard to its Kirtan and dissemination, which is what your question is about. Hmm? What was his comment? What was his strategy, if you will, uh, to uh, push further the tradition after the passing of great and most venerable Isivakamidanta Swami Prabhupada? Are we supposed to go on now and continue to do what he did in, in every way? And, uh, uh, imitate that. Uh, this is there's no there's no second 
for that kind of uh, contribution in, in, in a sense. He wisely advised, and of course it was to him that, uh, 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 to his house, if you will, and that would be the proper crack to open the door, when asked if there was anyone we could consult with in his absence for shiksha, B.R. Sridhar Maharaj of Navadvip. It's only a small few words that he said um, with no further elaboration. And some of my, one of my Gabbardas said, you know, we're not going to make a whole thing out of just one sentence. But yes, we are. <laughs> that same argument was made against Jiva Goswami, who said, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, the whole Bhagavatam revolves around this. And, then, and there were the comments from others and other sampradayas, you know, the whole book we're going to base on, on one statement and many other statements in the text about Krishna. Krishna this, Krishna that, and so forth. And Jiva Goswami said, yeah, we're going to do that, and I'm going to show you how. And, and he said, and incidentally, the sutras, which are, which are means kind of like to speak in a very concise form of Vyas, are very small, but nobody thinks that they're, they're, they're not uh, considerable in terms of their meaning and value and, and so forth. All the schools of Vedanta get their credibility from commenting on and, commenting on and explaining those sutras. So good things come in small packages. Big things sometimes come in small packages. And then, of course, Jiva Goswami went on to, or he said this in the context of writing the Krishna Sandarbha, which is, shows how Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, this sentence, is the password to understanding the, the, the Siddhanta, the Tattva of the Bhagavatam. And every other statement about Krishna, he, he takes it and looks at it in light of this, and then adjusts it and gives us a proper understanding of statements that might even seem to say something different or otherwise. It's very, very, very artfully uh, done. It's a most uh, compelling, uh, I, I found of his treatise, that in Paramatma Sundarva. Um, um, so, yeah, sometimes uh, a few words go a long way and have a big and deep uh, meaning and far and long uh, far-reaching implications. And that's just how it turned out, if you understand it correctly, historically, objectively. By that statement, he cracked open the door to a to an advisor for his disciples who were to try to carry on in his absence. And the advice that he gave, seeking to kind of stay out of the limelight, but, oh, You've come to me, as they did, the leaders of Prabhupada's mission, to because Swami Maharaj sent you here to get some advice. I have to serve him in that way. Who, can, who am I to serve him? He's gone all over the world and, and changed the world forever. Uh, we're so proud of him. Hindu, India is proud. Hinduism is proud. Gaudiya Vaishnavas are proud. We, the followers of Bhakti Siddhanta, are so proud. I heard him say with tears in his eyes, was the contribution of Swami Maharaj. And he was saying it in the context of, well, in relation to the fact that, unfortunately at the time, some who were trying to um, 
carry on, if you will, in his absence and leadership capacity weren't uh, weren't doing so well. And a good part of that not doing well was that they were not heeding the good advice of Pujapad. Sridhar Maharaj, with a tear in his eye, he spoke uh, about with compassion about them and of how proud he was of the work of uh, Swami Maharaj, as he affectionately referred to, uh, to Prabhupada. And so what was the advice? What I'm saying is that there was a, really a substantial successor to, to Prabhupada in the form of Pujapad Bhakti Rakshak Sridhadev Goswami Maharaj. I think historically that 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 can be well um, documented. Um, he indeed uh, was referred to by Prabhupada himself as his own Siksha Guru. Prabhupada once said, "Everything I learned, I learned from Sridhar Maharaj." When Sridhar Maharaj lived with Prabhupada in in Calcutta, and they discussed the philosophy, and Prabhupada felt that he was not involved directly very much in the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta being a householder. Sridhar Maharaj was very close within and so he was kind of a link, a connection to the uh, insight, the history, the life, the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And um, so he regarded him um, highly as Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj very highly regarded, regarded him. Um, and so uh, what was his advice? And his advice was to 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 use a phrase of Prabhupada, is this is a good time to boil the milk. Hmm? You've got the milk, let's boil it now. Let's make it thicker. Hmm? Uh, the circulation is one thing, uh, but the thickening of it is another thing. And they are not... Uh, contradictory to one another. This is the point I'm making. The more that we can now, your Guru Maharaj has passed, maybe it's time to reflect on all the things that he tried to put into your hearts, the implications of it, the ramifications of that, and uh, focus more for the moment on um, finding him in his apparent absence, if you will, within, in the context of your your practice and so forth. And, and, and this is, as they say, not a piece of advice that's in contradiction to the idea of dissemination. And dissemination obviously can also be very effective uh, kirtan means of bringing, um, uh, awakening... The, inner life and so forth. There's, there's no doubt about that. But there is time and cause um, uh, to reflect and to uh, take a more introspective uh, perspective for some time. And again, that phrase I cited, boil the milk, that comes from Prabhupada himself who in 1975 said, I think we have enough devotees. It's in a letter. Now I think we should boil the milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he said, I want all of my uh, disciples to become Bhaktivedantas. Mm-hmm. And so, to become a Bhaktivedanta means, well, you have to study the, the Vedanta. Uh, that's the ground, uh, that the head of the heart of, of Bhakti. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the 
uh, we, the, we have the Vedanta in the form of the Bhagavatam and the extended commentaries on the Bhagavatam that, that the writings of the Goswamis uh, can be described as or, can, or constitute, really, their explanations of all that lies within the, the Bhagavatam. So the wealth of that uh, tradition to boil the milk, it, it, it could very well mean you know, to print such books, to, to translate them. Uh, the, 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 there was the task of continuing the translation of Prabhupada's work, the Bhagavatam, and Sridhar was approached for that, and he had certain advices to give. Prabhupada said, no one is, no one is qualified to come under the Bhagavatam other than Sridhar Maharaj, he told us. So, unfortunately, the wealth of his uh, insight was not taken advantage of for that. Um, so, what I'm saying is, of course, the boiling of the milk, again, is not a an exercise that is in contradiction to the, the dissemination, but there may be a point in the dissemination to reflect on it, to, um, to um, charge one's batteries or, or, or something like that. So this is the kind of advice that um, he gave. And I would say, given not the condition of the world, but the state of affairs amongst the devotees in the international community of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, that this is a good um, piece of advice. And that in doing so, in boiling the milk, if you will, um, one of the things that happens is that you become more flexible. In other words, if you if you understood the teachings on a certain level and you're distributing it and circulating it and sharing it with others and so on and so forth, but then you 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 find an understanding of it on another level of depth. It's as profound as the original level that you that you encountered, and life changing and so forth. Like what you think Krishna consciousness is, could be quite different than what it is. Even though what you think it is is also included in what it is, as you go forward and go go deeper. Hmm? Um, uh, and so, as I say, going deeper, looking at it from another angle. Um, uh, Prabhupada wanted us to sit as scientists and and uh, uh, study the books. Uh, he, he used that uh, that kind of um, uh, analogy. Um, and, and so, what I'm saying is, when you go within, you become more flexible because you find that, it's, that the, the teaching is not black and white; it's gray. Hmm? The road is straight, but it's not narrow; it's broad. And there, there are many meanings. They all work together and so forth. So it keeps one a little bit flexible. And then this flexibility, if you will, um, is a uh, kind of a, a, um, a proactive, uh, what do you call it, when you take herbs to prevent, preventative, it's a preventative measure uh, against the disease of fundamentalism. And Barabahi Vaishnavism, the exact antip- antithesis of Saragrahi Vaishnavism, 
essence-seeking Vaishnavism. Bhakti Vinodhaka coined the term Saragrahi Vaishnav. And the other, the opposite term, he gave Barabahi Vaishnav, the Vaishnav who carries the burden of identification only with externals or largely with externals, has more of a dogmatic and black and white understanding of the tradition and so forth. And, of course, that fundamentalist orientation um, where it's more of a head than heart affair, hmm? um, belief rather than than faith, uh, and, and, and dogma rather than uh, having really digested the material, assimilated it and so forth. This fundamentalist orientation um, is the worst possible thing face face forward, if you will, for the public in our times. Hmm? Religion is uh, on the rails, to whatever extent it is, because of its the prominent faces of religious fundamentalism. Hmm? In Christianity, in Islam, in Hinduism, in India as well. Hmm? So, if you want to preach... Hmm? Disseminate and so forth. This is that face you don't want. A very insular perspective, and uh, um, uh, and and preaching means to, to interface with the, the thinking people. This is a thinking thing here. Um, it's a feeling thing as well, but it's a it's very much a thinking thing. It's 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 bhakti and it's Vedanta. So the ideas to be able to communicate them, articulate them to thoughtful people and so forth, who whose thoughts and currents of thoughts influence the, the non-thinking or less thinking people without them thinking about it, realizing it. Um, this is what the Goswamis were doing. This is what Bhakti Vinodak was doing. This is what my Guru Maharishi wanted to do. This is what preaching is about. It's, it, it's not really about... Um, as much, I should say, about um, um, picking up people uh, waiting in the soup lines and say, why don't you come by the temple and have prasadam and then try to shave their heads and, and then they get, a, get a points in the newsletter for having made a devotee. <laughs> and I lived through some of the days of that type of preaching, if you will. In some places, so, <laughs> so, uh, and it's good to give prasadam to to anybody and everybody. But uh, um, this kind of idea that just by magically, um, without really interfacing with with the, with the world mind, that you're actually preaching because you said Hare Krishna <laughs> to somebody, or you've got somebody to taste prasadam. Yeah, I mean. That's true. Uh, you, you can preach like that to the birds and the bees and the trees, but they're, what about the human beings? If you're going to preach to the Dwipadapashus, people can only interface with you on the level that animals can interface with you. Hmm? They don't have the requisite uh, power of reason and discrimination and don't speak the language of, of, of logic and so forth. Well, that's the only way, yeah, I mean, that... That, that's one thing you might as well, you know, 
preach to the birds and bees because all those people probably be birds and bees in the next life. Anyway, <laughs> but if you want to talk to humans and be a human, then this, uh, the intellect has to be engaged also. At the interface with the mind of the world, if you will, where it's going, you know, and, in, in a sense, and um, and and that requires some some depth. Uh, so when we when we go within and we find, wow, these teachings are deeper than I thought. They're bigger than I thought. The implications of them. I'm understanding that verse on a level now that I never did before, and I've got to think about that. I might dream about that tonight. I might actually go to a class and come out of it and start talking to somebody other who was in the class about it. Did you hear that point? Instead of, okay, nice class. Where's the prashadam? Hmm? Hmm? Somebody told me, and it's not a, I don't mean to um, uh, put a focus on myself, but it's just an example, that I had given a class, and he said, after the class I was amazed because people were talking about the class. With one another, the whole you know, the whole rest of the you know, event, while they were taking prashad and so forth, instead of just like, okay, the class is done, and you know, what's happening? You know, what are you doing? What, where, where are you going tonight? Um, um, you know, uh, the class is meant to take us away from our other concerns by captivating, capturing, charming uh, the mind, and 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 and. and and uh, the ideas becoming ex- exciting in the mind uh, with regard to the ideas of, I mean, this idea, as I think of it, of, uh, as I've explained it in Sacred Purpose of Krishna's auto-psychoanalysis, examining himself psychologically and having an existential crisis, asking the most uh, extraordinary theological Questions ever asked? God's asking them. Hmm? Well, what is it about me that makes her the way she is, attractive to me, worshipable by me, Radha? That is. I mean, this is very extraordinary. So, so the point I'm making is that when we understand it on a deeper level, we become very flexible. We think, "Whoa, where am I? What's next?" Which is what love is like. What's next? Hmm? Come to the class next morning. What's on the next page? What's what's the next chapter? What's happening? Um, to live like this is to be in a position to really share the tradition with others. So I say, that, as I say, the two are not um, contradictory. And so he gave that kind of emphasis. And I believe that um, that it has not been uh, heeded to the extent that it should. Otherwise, we would be seeing a different result. Instead, what we are seeing is a prominent face of Gaudiya Vaishnava fundamentalism in the world. Hmm? Not everywhere, um, but it's, 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 it's the, I would say, the, check the Internet out and check out, because that's the prominent face out there. And it's very unfortunate. It's, it's, it's very disheartening to me and to know that the person of Sridhar Maharaj was a was a was a was a um, available and um, and and um, um, so long ago, 
gave that advice in such a way that it might sound obvious now, but but um, we were going like a you know like a train in a certain direction, and he was like, "Well, I'm going to stop for a minute." <laughs> you know, stop the train. You know, <laughs> what? Uh, and it, and to me, his uh, siksha, his discourse, was train stopping, because we were out there ready to convert everybody, and we realized I'm not converted. <laughs> I'm still in the process of conversion here. Holy cow! Hmm? Uh, and almost, almost take the little bit of the life out of your preaching because you start wondering, do I know what I'm talking about anymore? <laughs> what, am I, what am I saying here? So, to reflect on that, <laughs> and then and then proceed, maybe a little slowly, but a little more surely, hmm? and in a way that will have more power of conversion to capture hearts and uh, and so forth. So, um, I, I think uh, that what we're seeing in the community of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is largely um, a um, fundamentalist face. And in, in, in that, you know, it's, it's important to note also that this fundamentalist face of Gaudiya Vaishnavism can be one that is also filled with a lot more information than another face of it. So you can have a face of, Gaudi, of fundamentalist Gaudiya Vaishnavism based on less information and one based on more information. Like, gee, just see, they don't even know over there that the gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is the Manjari Bhav. And we know that, and we're better, which means we have more information. Hmm? <laughs> hmm? And and we're, we're, it's possible that we're, we're just as much a, a, a fundamentalist as they are. And if indeed we're, uh, we may be arguing with them over sometimes things that aren't worth arguing. And, um, usually more information can be helpful, but it has to be integrated and uh, so forth. So uh, it's kind of widely um, spread. Um, and it, 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 it uh, also um, fosters a lack of unity, a unified voice to the world of what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is, that's unfortunate. So I think that this is the kind of uh, strategy, if you will, that's uh, useful uh, for our, our, our times. And, um, and our particular Bhaktivinod Paribar, um, well, that, uh, our, our lineage in, in particular, I would say, it's... it's uh, the, the need of the hour. There are, of course, other um, branches that are deep and and um, yeah, insightful, but they are not at the same time lineages that um, have shown interest in or been able to perhaps to interact with the modern world, so the, you know, the one side you go deeper in, but but it doesn't translate out into that kind of meaningful interface with the with the mind of of the world. It, that keeps Gaudiya Vaishnavism kind of hidden in the in the, in the kunja uh, and so forth. And there's a place for that, but there's a place for its 
dissemination and distribution. And if you love it, and you really you, you do want to share it naturally, and uh, and you're driven almost by this is so extraordinary. People should hear about this. People, I should share this. That kind of compassion that, that drives an advanced devotee really is something that must come into place in one's life before there's any rasa. Hmm? Rasa without compassion is 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 is, is questionable. Hmm? Hmm. Um, again, I mean that there are different devotees, and some devotees will be recluses, and that's uh, a valid. Uh, um, approach and so forth, but but to be a recluse, well, one has to be have some standing in the understanding and in realization and so forth. You can make a group of imitative recluse recluses. This is a you know you have to look at the advocacy in the Gita and apply it to bhakti as it's applied to jnana uh, and karma. In other words. Uh, the gyan is to sit and contemplate, and Krishna says, well, better that you do something and not be attached to the fruits, because just to sit and contemplate is not so easy. You might sit and contemplate the fruits <laughs> that you're not getting. Uh, and, and what kind of meditation would you be doing? Mityatra Saruchite said, you'll just, be a, you'll, you'll just be a hypocrite. Hmm? So don't sit down, do something. Hmm? That's what he said without attachment to the results. Hmm. So this is his advocacy from, from how to get from, from karma, from doing, to gyan, to knowing. Hmm. And that means knowing the self. Hmm. It's kind of a user-friendly approach that by continuing action, the same actions that one is engaged in, there will be an ingress of wisdom that will and a cleansing of the heart, which will enable you to sit. So, but this same idea applies to to bhakti. Mm. So, to sit and meditate on Krishna really requires some 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 uh, some, some some cleansing of the heart. As we see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he circulated widely for many years in his Madhi Lila and preached, and he also interacted with the mind of the world at the time. Right, with the Pramodadanda Saraswatis, with the Keshava Kashmiris, with the the um, um, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, Venkatabhat. These were leading people in 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 different um, fields in of Vaishnavism and uh, religion, religious thought, and logic, and and so on and so forth. He was doing that as the Goswamis were doing, as he uh, engaged them and so forth. And um, and then eventually, by the force of that, he was drawn to the retired life and and so on. Um, and you know, I mean, yeah, he was disseminating and and um, uh, and, um, and 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 going deeply within and you know, boiling the milk. I would say, as I say, at the same time. So, I think that that's important. Um, and if our particular party bar, the Bhakti Vinod part, but this celebrated uh, family of Bhakti Vinod could do that um, in amongst themselves, they would be in a very good position to interface with other Gaudiya Vaishnavas and be respected by them and forge some type of a, 
a unity that acknowledges some differences um, that are there could be differences in prayojan, there could be differences in in um, abhideya, but there can't be differences in sambandha. So the basic sambandha, the 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 the, the, the tattva, the, the basic siddhanta, that should be one. There could be different, slightly nuanced expressions of that hmm? in service and um, in in the culture of bhakti. Uh, there are different approaches, and then different ideals, different attainments. Sakiras, Batsaliras, could be Madhuras, I should say. And so forth, um, but let the unity based, be based on the philosophy, and the, and the difference arise out of that. That difference will be beautiful and will ornament the singular tree of the uh, of the philosophy. <clears throat> if the differences, on the other hand, are based on anarthas, misunderstanding of tattva, and so forth, then they become un- they're unbecoming, and they're. They get in the way of the dissemination. So this is my strategy, <laughs> uh, my, 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 myself, some emphasis along these lines. Does that help? Yeah. Yes. I, this is more of a comment. And then, excuse me, I should say, and then in the mind of the world, you know, I mean, the, the, the philosophical currents of the world, the Goswamis were acquainted with those. So you have to be a little acquainted with materialism as a philosophy and understand its strengths. You can just dismiss it. Oh, materialism is bad. I mean, they're in Maya. It has some strength. These people are who embrace materialism, I mean, seriously, thinking people um, in philosophy and, and, and science and so forth, they've really tried to think it out. Of course, they haven't thought that maybe thinking is not the best, you know, vehicle to arrive at a, at, at complete knowing. Hmm? But it's understandable that they might think it was. Uh, not being acquainted with the transrational traditions, which look irrational, um, perhaps at, at, at first, and, and the successes of Western civilization as it's thought, uh, and the, the sense of privilege and and uh, bigotry and racism that can come come with that, um, uh, but um, but uh, they'd be acquainted with that, you know, in, in, in enough to really understand the mind, why they think like. What are the reasons? What is what is what are the arguments uh, that would would uh, I think the. Uh, the strength to do that would come from this uh, boiling the milk, if you will, and looking at the, the opposition. Um, and uh, and in that, in regard to that, I have uh, determined, <laughs> my small self, that this uh, that the the, the dominant uh, materialistic um, thinking and materialism as a philosophy that translates into the kind of consumerism that we have, and so on and so forth. Um, is um, the Achilles' heel of that is, of course, what is what is consciousness, hmm? and so and that we're not the only people to think about that. I mean, I've been harping on this for 
for decades talking about it and writing about it. And you know, how many times have you heard, you know, uh, and uh, consciousness, you know, it's, it's, it's not an emergent property of the brain. And I go on and on and on. I'm not trying to bore you to death, but um, uh, it's an important uh, point. And, and, and it's one that people in other spiritual traditions are also, both Western and Eastern, able to identify, and, and they could be identified with, and interfaced with, and so forth, and you find s- strength, and s- find some, co- and some common ground, and, and so forth, to turn the tide of, you know, to get the microphone, and turn the tide of this, uh, um, the, the emptiness, and the meaninglessness, and the, um, the ramifications of that. I mean, it's one thing to say that, Look at the ramifications of religion. There's been so many wars and blah blah blah. You know, we hear that um, kind of argument. But um, if if you really weigh in on the implications of materialism, you certainly have a lot of justification for. You don't have a lot of reason um, to be kind. Hmm. Hmm. Um, to be compassionate. Uh, only in a pragmatic sense, but if push comes to shove, then he'll push and he'll shove. Um, <laughs> it's not something that something that something to die for. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm saying that the properly understood theism is so gets so much more, um, so much a, a richer uh, vein to to mine. In terms of making the world a better place, mm-hmm. and of course, I'm not talking about just adopting um, rules and regulations and so forth, and of times gone by. And, but um, so, anyway, yeah, this idea of uh, where does consciousness fit in the material picture of the world? And um, uh, it can't be ignored. It's very significant. And of course, here we are, thousands of years uh, of tradition speaking about not only consciousness and the fact or the idea that it's different from matter and how it could be such, and but what is its prospect in eternity? That's where it's like you turn on the, you step on the gas, okay, and and then you're you're in the last lap now, and here she goes. And she's coming from behind, and she's in tenth place, and 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 there she goes, and wins by a whole lap. Something that that's what potential Gaudiya Vaishnavism has when you get into the discussion about consciousness. If we could get the world hmm, to come to embrace the idea that there is something called psychic matter. It's called a mind. You've got one. Hmm? It's really there. Um, and, whoa, that's a huge thing. Uh, to be part of it, instrumental, to be helpful in, in, in that. And, um, from, and, and beyond that, say that the ground of being is, is beyond the mind, it's beyond thought and things, beyond the physical, uh, the, 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 the mind and, and, and the mental and the physical matter, uh, consciousness proper, uh, 
we would be do well to to make friends with people who thought in the same way, even when that thinking involves thinking that there is no individual atma, like in the case of Advaita Vedanta. Hmm? So, you know, you use a thorn to take out a thorn, something like that. Uh, and if the world's going to go in the direction of, of, of a, of a um, pan-psychic perspective that's, that's been the perspective of Vedanta and all forms of Vedanta for thousands of years, to go in that direction anyway, um, if they can get to the point where a further idea of that, a more of a Vedantic idea of panpsychism becomes credible in the mind of the world, um, then you're, you're in a great position to talk about what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is really all about, not just the difference between the body and the mind. After all, is there a difference in your sadhaka deha, hmm? your practitioner's body and you? That's why I say, one thing we're not the body, the other thing we are the body. We are our practitioner's body. It's fully used in Krishna service. So, so I mean, the argument, the, the discussion really just gets going there in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So it's, it's, uh, these are my, some of my thoughts about where to, where to go with uh, strategies and, and so forth. So I'm sorry, yeah, no. comment. <coughs> um, I was just going to make a comment that uh, your answer to Maharaj's question uh, uh, kind of recalled to me uh, Bhakti Vinod's Jaiva Dharma in, in the narrative story arc. Mm-hmm. Like, just about every everything you said was kind of reflected in the way that, uh, you know, the, at least from hearing you talk, I thought about it more in this way, that Bhakti Vinod was really saying these are the ways to win the hearts and minds of, of the people. And, I mean, there's examples of integrating with different religions. You know, we had the chapter yeah. of there, There's an example of someone, uh, like an Vedan, seeing someone in, you know, in rapture of their... Uh, internal bhajan and they were like what is that I want that uh-huh. so they go to the Babaji and mm-hmm. so there's this whole I mean everything you said just reminded me of chapters from the narrative part of that book and and, and, and then of course the ultimate you know goal uh, is being achieved by people that came in from different perspectives including like the I guess I was thinking kind of like the uh, the brahmanas or the pundits who are kind of like the materialists of today, you know that they're they're the ones that they need to be met with 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 the philosophy, and they, you know the, their arguments can mm-hmm. be broken down by by our philosophy because it just it will poke holes in the materialist uh, perspective. And so, anyway, it just while you're talking, I wanted to share that with you. Reminded me of Jaiva Dharma, and, and like you know, there was all the strategies. Here we, here we are, keeping the current of bhakti, bhakti-vinotakura alive in the world. Bhakti-vinotakura, jai, god premanandi. Was it time? Okay, we'll stop there. Twice you see Guru Gauranga. Jai.